When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. This week's questions are about a toddler who talks about hitting another child, but the parent isn't getting any other information to corroborate whether or not it's really happening, and she wants to know how to handle it when her child says he hit another child. The second question is about bedtime and nighttime fears about monsters and how to deal with those. So our first question is from Jane, and she wrote in another question before. So she says, Hi, Erin. Thanks for the response. I'm working my way through the courses as I have time. I stay at home with my toddler and baby, so some days I have more time than others. We all can understand that. I do have one quick question in the meantime. I am not sure it is a common issue, so I wanted to ask in case the courses do not address it. My two-and-a-half-year-old speaks very, very well for his age, and he also has an extremely good memory. Not sure if that's normal at this age. That being said, he often talks about hitting. Sometimes it's a past event when he hit another kid, even as far back as six or seven months ago. But often he will tell us a made-up story and in passing will say he hit or kicked, etc. I don't know what to do when he talks about hitting or kicking. This has gone on for a while. I used to tell him that hitting wasn't nice and we don't hit, but that didn't seem to change anything. I have started just to ignore it completely when he mentions hitting, but I'm not sure if that's the best approach either. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Also, the one, two, three magic is working wonderfully for us so far. Before the course, I would count to three but failed to leave enough time when counting and wouldn't always follow through. Thanks again, Jane. So for Jane, I am so glad that this is working well. I loved one, two, three magic, and I still have to count with my six-year-old son on a rare occasion when he's ignoring me, just so he understands that the consequence is about to fall. So there are two pieces to your question. First is the reality versus the fantasy piece. The second is teaching about hitting. Now it's interesting because they're overlapping in this case because he's talking about it rather than you seeing him do it. Well, you might experience that as well, but in this case, we're just talking about the talking about hitting. 
So I'm going to talk about the reality versus fantasy piece for a moment. Now, kids under seven have a difficult time differentiating fantasy from reality. It isn't until around seven or eight that they really are able to understand and know the difference fully. You'll see it come on board as they'll start to get it, but really around eight is where they really understand the full difference between the fantasy and the reality and their dreams and their waking life. So dreams, nightmares, things they see on TV can all seem very real. And despite our efforts to explain, they just don't understand it until they reach late seven, even eight. So at two and a half is really early. It could be completely made up and most likely is in these cases. Also, just for reference, my oldest was very much the same way, had a huge vocabulary, would speak in full paragraphs by two and a half. He also had and still has a memory like a steel trap. Yet even so, he would tell lots of stories as well. And chances are, this is just made up. But when your son is just talking about it, but you haven't seen it, then it's still a good chance to have a conversation about hitting. I wouldn't ask if it really happened because no matter what he says, you won't really know. He could be asking to see what your reaction is. He could have seen it and doesn't remember who actually did what to whom. Who knows? So you can just have a conversation. Do you think it's nice to hit or not nice to hit? If we get mad at someone, what are some other things we could do instead of hitting? You'll probably need to coach him through some answers like walk away or go get help from an adult, take five deep breaths, let's practice. And you can ask him what sounds right to him or sounds like a good method he would like to try. So if you say something like, how about taking five deep breaths? Why don't we practice right now? The other answer could be we use our words to tell the other child why we're mad. Now the second piece is the hitting and kicking piece. So this is what we, you would do if you actually saw him hit someone. And I know this is not your question, but if you do happen to see him hit at some point or for any other parents who are dealing with this and don't be surprised if or when you do, it's very common for toddlers two and three years old, even into fours, sometimes five, that they react to something they don't like with a hitting or kicking, scratching, etc. So you can use these tactics. Now, I'm not sure what all you've listened to or watched, but again, very normal reactions at this age. However, they are not acceptable. So it just means we teach better ways of reacting and some conflict resolution skills. Now, of course, you can only do this if you actually see it happen or another child will walk up and say, he hit me. But this would include things like pulling him aside and discussing that we don't hit, kick, etc that we use our words and coach him on words to use. So depending on the situation, you would figure out exactly what happened and you could teach him, let's say a child um, grabbed a toy from him. So you could coach him to say, I was playing with that toy, please give it back and then have him practice it. So this will get this into his memory. It will take some time, but this will help him get used to using his words instead of hitting or kicking. Then an appropriate consequence, so if a child throws a toy, it means they lose the toy for five minutes. Or if they're hitting a friend, it means after coaching, he may need to sit out for a few more minutes and then he can try again. It's a logical consequence because if he can't play nice, then he doesn't get to play with his friend for a few minutes. If it happens again, then it could mean the friend has to leave or he has to leave the park with you, wherever you are. Again. That's only if you see it in person and are watching this unfold. If he says he hit another child in the midst of a story, 
then you just want to coach about hitting. Again, like I said earlier, why did you hit your friend? Do you think that's nice to hit? How do you think your friend feels when he gets hit? What could you do to let your friend know you were upset besides hitting? Or what can you do to calm yourself down before you talk to your friend? Then obviously you would wait for answers in between, discuss the answers or prompt for answers as you need them. Our next question is from Crystal about her daughter's fear of monsters. Crystal asks, something that we're faced with right now is a fear of monsters at night. We were thinking about converting her crib to a toddler bed because she shows readiness for nighttime potty training. But just as we were planning on it, then she developed this fear of monsters. It feels like it just came out of the blue. If she had seen any shows with monsters in them, I didn't know about it. I figure maybe some kids at church were talking about monsters. I have no idea. I don't want to go ahead with converting the crib because I'm afraid that it will just make it worse. So I'm curious, what tips do you have for dealing with fear of dark and fear of monsters? I bought an extra light for her room to help light up the corner of her crib. And we purchased a Hue light bulb for her lamp, which I have been using as an additional nightlight. We told her that all of her buddies are guarding against monsters, which is pretty much everything in a room with a face on it. We've also tried telling her that monsters are just pretend. She often says during the day, I don't want the monsters to get me. And I'll tell her something like, I don't think those monsters can get you. You have plenty of buddies looking out for them. So two nights ago, I just caved and camped out in her room in a sleeping bag. My husband doesn't want one of us sleeping in a room because we've worked so hard at sleep training. So he tells her that he'll sit in the hallway to look out and that he'll check on her in a few minutes. So this is a great question, very common in these toddler years to have these fears, these nighttime fears of monsters and other things. So I'm gonna to get to this answer right after a word from our sponsor. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help, two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow, three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. 
Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. As I mentioned before the break, this is a very common stage in toddlers. Imagination really starts to develop in these toddler years. And so monsters and nightmares are very common occurrences through the age of four and should mostly or completely go away by five or shortly into turning five, sometimes earlier, depending on the child. So it's hard to know where, if anywhere, your daughter has learned about this. They just seem to be a common fear among young children. So here are some things you can do. And this is for everyone out here who's dealing with this. So limit TV, particularly anything with scary or violent, content. And Crystal, I know you said you don't do anything scary. So it sounds like her fears are not coming from seeing anything on TV. But for anyone else who's having the issue, this is a really important piece because it can and usually does elevate the imagination and these fears. Also, limit rough play before bed as that just gets the endorphins running and can also key up the mind before bed and get that imagination running. The next tip is don't minimize or brush off or try to extinguish the fears. So that would be saying something like, oh, that's just silly. Instead, you wanna tell your child how it's normal for growing kids to have these fears and how you had these fears when you were growing up. Now, I personally remember being afraid of monsters and witches under my bed. I was afraid they would grab my feet if I stepped off the bed. So when I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I would jump way out from the bed onto the floor. Then when I came back to bed, I'd take this flying leap, run in from the door and leap onto my bed so that they couldn't grab my feet. You wanna encourage your child to talk about it. Now this is perfect for you, Crystal, because during the day she's saying she doesn't want the monsters to get her. This is the perfect time to do this. You're gonna give her the platform to talk about the imaginary monster and even have her draw a picture of what she thinks the monster looks like. Also, and this is such a common piece of advice, don't chase the monster away. You often hear advice to eliminate these fears for parents to scare the monster away using monster spray or to take a walk into the bedroom and look under the bed and in the closet and chase the monster out of the bedroom. But not only is this dishonest, but it also reinforces that there really is a monster in the room, which can actually make it worse. So you wanna keep telling the truth. Monsters are not real. They're only pretend characters on TV or storybooks or things we make up in our head. So it's our job to help our child separate real from imaginary. Now, just like the last question, these hook together, right? Imagination is coming on board. They have a hard time separating reality from their imagination, from the fantasy. So we're just gonna keep helping point this out. Dreams aren't real. The monsters that they're imagining aren't real. The characters on TV aren't real. We're gonna keep talking about that. What's real, 
what's not. Now, this is kind of a funny story. I had had this talk with, um, with my oldest son about how monsters aren't real. And we were talking about Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. And I said, Mike Wazowski is just on TV. He's not real. We are at Disneyland and we walk around the corner and who do we see but Mike Wazowski. <laughs> someone dressed up in their costume and he got me he's like you told me he wasn't real but he is he's right there and what was I gonna say I didn't want to ruin <laughs> I didn't want to ruin that for him and tell him well that's just somebody dressed up in a costume because that just didn't seem right either so I sort of had to eat my words in that moment <laughs> but he got me also, you can install a light with a dimmer. All my kids have dimmers in their room. So you can control the light to a greater degree than you can with a lamp or a night light. So when our kids went through this stage, each one of them, they went through it. One of them big time, the other two only a little, but we had some nights where, and this was our oldest, that he went to sleep with the light on almost full blast. Or we'd get up in the middle of the night and he would have turned it on full at some point in the middle of the night. It was fine with us. As long as he was falling asleep feeling safe, that was all that mattered. Lastly, know that this is a stage. It can take some time to get through and you will have some bumpy bedtimes and even nighttimes. But with these tips, it will help you understand that it's a stage and it will also make these nights farther and fewer between. So Crystal, I think that, you know, when you start talking more about how monsters aren't real, sort of helping her differentiate fantasy and reality, get some more light into the room to where she feels comfortable, you'll see this becoming less and less of a problem. Also, when it comes to changing to the toddler bed, you can decide what feels right for you in this situation. Now, usually once a child can climb out of the crib, that's the time you know it's time to make that change just because you want to cut down on the danger factor of them trying to climb out falling and getting hurt so i'm not sure if your concern is that she will be more mobile to come get you when she gets scared or if you think that her being closer to the floor will feel less protected or if she doesn't have the four sides on the crib that she'll feel less protected but this is up to you you can decide the monster stage will take some time to work through but being honest about the monsters, helping her check through her room, right? Walking in, looking in the closet with her, looking under the bed, saying, see, no monsters, getting a dimmer light that you can keep up brighter and just supporting her through her fears will help make this stage easier for everyone. If you have a parenting question you would like answered, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.